My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. Hello, hello. I am not Eric Italiano. I am Cade Onder of Conflict.com, but uh, Eric is out uh, this week. But we we really love John Wick. We love John Wick. We want to talk about John Wick. So me and Brandon, Brandon Katz, uh, who does analytics at... Uh, what is it? The parrot analytics, right? <laughs> parrot analytics. I, I study the data, but I don't I don't really do any of the actual smart people stuff. You you analyze analytics or what whatever the fuck Eric says. <laughs> Basically, um, I still talk about movies and TV shows all the time, just from a slightly different perspective. Great. And I write about video games at compact.com, but I love movies. And that's exactly what we're here to talk about. We're talking about a movie we love, as the great Keanu Reeves meme says, I love movies. And I do love movies. John Wick 4 came out this weekend. Huge success. Critically acclaimed. Uh, made a ton of money. Do you know how much money it made off the top of your head? Uh, it made seventy about $74 million domestic in its opening weekend, which was a record. Uh, globally, it shot way past $100 million in its opening weekend, which is another franchise record. So it looks very, very, very well poised to top the, I, I believe, $330 million of John Wick 3. I can't remember off the top of my head, but something around there. Yeah, very impressive stuff, especially for a three-hour R-rated movie. Uh, and they're already talking about John Wick Five, which we'll 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 talk about uh, at some point here. But um, just start off. What do you think? Big picture thoughts, general thoughts. I know you you've already have you seen it yeah. twice, or did you see it just the once? I've only seen it once, but I certainly would like to see it again. Okay, um, so, what'd you think? Yeah. I, I mean, my big picture thoughts have been covered on this podcast before, so I won't retread sure. it too much. But this is one of the most inventive action movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, from a conceptual standpoint, Chad Stileski and his team of writers and, and, and Keanu just thinking up the actual set pieces is incredible. And I and yeah. I interviewed him once when I was a reporter. He said uh, one of the things he loves to do, particularly with the John Wick series, is try to think up action set pieces that have never been done before, that have never been seen in some way, shape, or form. So clearly they do that. And the execution on those creative concepts is I- incredible. So any movie that has, uh, and we'll talk about this when we do get to the runtime, any movie that has two separate 30-minute action movie scenes <laughs> is good in my book. Yeah, uh, I I loved it. Uh, my dad, I go to a lot of movies with my dad, a lot of the big franchise stuff in particular. And this is like the only thing that I think really excites him. Like John Wick is I showed him the first one before we saw the second one. He'd never seen it. And he's like, that was good. I was like, yeah. And we saw the second one and we left and he had theories, which is just <laughs> for a 60 year old man who just really does not care about many of these things. I was like, so blown away by that. And he's like, what do you, you think Common's going to do? Like, he's got that thing and John's got that thing. And blah, 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 what's going to happen? And then the third one, he bought the tickets like the day they went live, which he never does. He leaves that in my hands. That's how we ended up going to a 4D screening of the movie. And then he, he learned like, we're not. I'm not going to buy tickets anymore. So, um, but yeah, well, we, we'd love to see, you know, Gen X plus engaged, man. That's I know. what the movie it's, theaters it's, need. It's awesome. And uh, I loved it. Uh, everything you said is pretty accurate. Um, dad, dad liked it too. And he said he nodded off a couple of times during some of the longer action scenes. He's like, those are a little long, but um, <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. Cause the third one, I enjoy it. And I think it's a great movie, but it is, still very long and yeah. i think it it tries my patience and then the ending of the third movie as well is like john will get shot off of a rooftop 
falls and hits all this shit and is just totally okay. And I was like, all right. The like, are we dragging this three out? Is a little bit off. And I think while the lunacy and ludicrousness of the stunts and the action, and it's very deliberate, it's not supposed to be believable. But ending right. with your climactic moment on something where I'm like, well, if he wasn't dead, he would be completely immobilized. It's just a yeah. little frustrating, a little grating. It's a nitpick, but something that sticks with you at a moment where you're supposed to be fully enveloped. At exactly. That exactly. And so I was like, I hope they're not going to drag this out for 800 movies just like, and they don't have the steam to do so. But um, all of my uh, worries washed away in the first 20 minutes of this movie. And I was yeah. so excited. And when they get to the hotel... Uh, we're, I guess we're diving into spoilers now uh, to that hotel and all the samurais come out and they're just shooting arrows and using yeah. swords. It's One just guy like... grabs ninja stars and when everyone's picking up their weapons and I'm like, it's so impractical, but so amazing. It is. It is. It's like nobody should be bringing swords to a gunfight, but these guys, <laughs> they, they don't fuck around. And uh, everything about it, I was like, and we're off. And yeah. I just, I felt so relieved and it just kept building and building. And that's hard to do for just any movie, a, a long runtime of three hours again. Yeah. But the fourth movie in a series, which is all driven by its action, right? And there is a lot of, you know, John Wick wraps his legs around a guy, throws him on the floor, shoots him in the head. There is still a lot of that. Keanu's but judo I, still on point. Yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much every second there was something new, whether it was with John Wick uh, or another character like those doorbell sounds that Donnie Yen's character uses. Yeah. They only use that it one awesome. time in the movie, but I was like, brilliant, this is so clever. Um, and, and can we just appreciate the fact that Donnie Yen has now played a blind badass in two Western blockbusters, uh, Rogue One, and this, and just like, for not for a single second do you doubt that a blind Donnie Yen would still be lethal? Yeah, there's there's no moment in this movie, and they don't they they play with it in a fun way so that like he he does have some weaknesses right like yeah. john like sits there in total silence and has to like hope to god that he can't hear him for a moment and then i love the part too towards uh when they're fighting the fat guy and he throws a flashbang and it just does nothing to him i was just like <laughs> Yes, of course. It's just like everything about that character from him eating noodles and not giving a shit to all his inventiveness yeah. and how lethal he is. And I think he's like a worthy character that you're like, I don't want something bad to happen to this guy. I do yeah. care. I'm 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 empathizing with him. I don't want him to kill John Wick, but I I also want them to get all, all get out alive. Yeah, I mean, um, from a character standpoint, they they make sure his motivation is understandable. Hey, they're going to hurt your daughter if you don't do this. They make sure that they establish that him, him and John are friends and that he's extremely reluctant to do this. There is obviously a serious mutual respect there, and they build it over the course of the whole movie, uh, both in, in his initial reluctance when he's talking to the high table, doesn't want to do it. Then again, when they meet in the church before they're supposed to meet at the final kind of dueling spot, and and then at the final moment where John Wick decides, okay, you know what? I'm going to take one for the team and help Kane out. Yeah. By, by, and that, it's, so it all comes full circle. And just also as a side note, we got Stick in Daredevil, Blind Action Hero. Now we got Kane in John Wick. I think we, maybe we can kind of expand the naming process yeah, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I, I like that that church scene, though, that you call, call attention to. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the diner scene in Heat. 
with uh Al Pacino oh, yeah. and De Niro. Um, I may have very... to take you down. I won't like it, but I'll do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It has that same same idea kind of behind it. And um I, I think and then after that, every every beat of the mo- movie from there is just like it is euphoric and it is like a celebration of John Wick after that scene when the hit gets placed on John Wick and he's out in the streets. <laughs> um what do you have any standout action scenes? Was there anything you saw in that movie that was like, this is my favorite part of the movie? Uh, all of them? I mean, I, I yeah. love the hotel scene. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, I think on a previous pod, after it was done, I leaned over to Eric and I was like, that was a 30 minute action yeah. scene. I, I love the club scene with the, um, you know, he- heavy set gangster. Cause that was just such a vibrant, energetic one. And I didn't expect uh, him to be such a badass fighter too. That was really cool. Uh, I obviously love the um, French roundabout scene, which was super creative, really yeah. well done. And I think the overhead shot uh, with the flamethrowers was was just. Uh, have you ever seen anything quite like that? No, and it's in. It goes back into my world. A lot of people said it was uh, inspired by Hotline Miami, which is a really great video game. Okay, but cool. the the director said it was actually inspired by another game that's very similar called Hong Kong Massacre, um, and it's the visual like it's one thing to do the top-down perspective it's another thing to have the awareness to be like that shotgun fire the dragon's yeah. breath shells is going to just look fucking cooler from a top-down point of view rather than so the side smart. or behind it's just conceptual way- and practical in perfect harmony yeah the way they know how to use the camera and and direct a scene and set a scene up so that it's not just people flipping around and stuff. Because I think in the hands of a lesser person, you have cool stunts, but if you're not engaged with it from a filmmaking perspective, yeah. it's not as exciting. Because, I mean, there were moments in this movie where someone gets hit or shot or thrown or whatever, or stabbed, and I went, ooh. Like it, you feel the weight of every oh, yeah. hit in this movie, and I think that's a good sound design, good camera work, um, good on the actors selling the hits and stuff. I mean, how many times does John Wick get hit by a fucking car? Like, I mean, the guy's indestructible. Him and Kevin Garvey <laughs> from The Leftovers, and uh, and Peter from Homeland, like just just people who just take an absolute pounding and keep coming forward. And that's that's the beauty of John Wick, and it goes all the way back to like the first movie of like. He is, you know, he's got that sheer fucking will or whatever they say. He is like human uh, perseverance personified. And it's just like, it's awesome. He is the guy that gets knocked down and gets back up. And he has to see his uh, goal completed before he can rest, which I think leads us nicely into our uh, the biggest point of this movie, which I think was a huge surprise is John Wick dies. Yep. spoilers um, yeah i already said spoilers so if you're here still here it's on you um which i think is really surprising because when they announced john wick 4 they announced it john wick 4 and 5 will be shot back to back and then somewhere along the way they did say that had been changed um but i think everyone still ha- had the assumption that they would do another one and so throughout the movie i'm going through this and just expecting john wick to get out on the other side but uh i think uh, when he's on the boat ride and he tells him like put loving father or a uh, loving husband on my yeah. my gravestone i'm like oh he's gonna die <laughs> it's like that's Big it time. um and then towards the end i was like is he dead and like 
I, I really was still like reckoning with it until the credits roll. And I'm still kind of like, I don't, I don't know if he's actually dead, but I think from a philosophical level, John wick, the assassin, the killer, the, the vengeful spirit is dead. And this is, if, if there is a living person still out there, it is a cleansed man. Yeah, I, I would say John Wick's death comes with the biggest asterisk in recent movie memory. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, there's obviously still so much juice left in this franchise. And so let's just say a John Wick 5 does eventually come out. You know, they. I, I think you might have said it on the last pod where it's like, uh, or someone said it, you know, he, he quote unquote faked his death. So yeah. no more assassins would come after him. So he could go you know, rest peacefully. And then like, you know, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in some sort of plot mechanism gets him back in the game. There's so many ways to bring him back with no heavy lifting from a writing standpoint. And if they want to take a little bit of a break too, I I think that's honestly smart because listen, Keanu's 58. uh, You just had completely against all odds the best franchise opening and probably what's going to be the best franchise box office for it. You have a spinoff movie coming and a prequel TV series coming. So maybe Keanu does a few passion projects. Maybe he returns in like three or four years when there's a little bit of a, a cool down and that anticipation and hype for another John Wick has really returned after being so salivated with all the upcoming projects and this most recent one. So I think it's easy to, to bring him back if they want and if they want to just end it here well they've gone out on the highest of notes in my opinion they said in an interview they shot two different endings one that was a little bit more like oh he he is probably still alive and one that was like a little more definitive uh but they still left like a little bit of wiggle room for themselves so we'll see what did you think of the actual death were you were you moved were you surprised yeah, I thought it was well done. I mean, like I said before, he basically essentially sacrifices himself to give Kane and his daughter a free runway. And I think that's a pretty noble end. So I, I thought it was done as well as it could be. Uh, you know, John Wick, other than puppy head smashing, is not going to move me to too many emotional highs and lows sure. in terms of like tears. But care about this character. I root for him. I'm super curious, given his absolute dearth of dialogue and just <laughs> what we've seen of him. What the hell kind of game was he spitting to Helen? You know, what? Like, how did that, a, a, a civilian, you know? Yeah. How did that work? What was that relationship dynamic? I understand he had walked away from the game to be with her, but like, was he talking about baseball? Like, what was their, uh, you know, relationship flow? I need to know. He seems like still, despite everything, a guy who has an emotional core. Despite his line of work, there is a, there is a person in there that is that can be vulnerable, and that the dog brings it out of him. Obviously, and I was watching the first one uh, just the other day, and I was so surprised at how different that movie actually is. Like more than I thought. Like. The first like 30 minutes of that movie, like John Wick barely says anything, yeah. like there's no real music. It's very, it's very somber. Yeah. And, you know, it, it leans into like the more poppy music as you go along. But I mean, it's still like two and three really just like go a complete tonal di- different direction. It's it's a little tongue in cheek in the first one, but the other ones are just like fucking balls to the wall, full send, 
we got you in the seats so we can do what we actually want. And they Um, they really put it on the onus on themselves to go bigger and more creative and more bombastic. And like you said, the first one is a quieter affair, despite all the killing. Yeah. And I I love that they John Wick, despite, like you said, doesn't have like a lot of lines and stuff like he has an arc throughout the entire series and it you know you can base it in like oh he's just full of revenge or whatever and eric had a nice tweet about like no this is a guy that's grieving like there's something really serious happening here it's not just about i want to see people die hey y'all it's eric while i'm not on the show this week hosting i am producing and i just want to quickly shout out Cade and brandon for doing such a great job filling in for me this week the reason that I'm chiming in is because while my two buddies are discussing the ending of John Wick 4 and the character's potential final fate, i.e. his death, I figured it would be a good time to reinsert a clip from my interview with director Chad Stahelski that I had previously cut out because it discusses the end. So here is the director, Chad Stahelski, on his thoughts on John Wick's death, the final shot of the film, and Keanu Reeves' influence on it all. We will then take a quick break and get back to Brandon and Cade's conversation. That's Keanu Strange. Keanu, the ego goes and he goes, he sees things. It's weird whether it's, I've you know known him for a while now and it's, he addresses it from a, that's why we include him so much in the, in the writing phase. Right. I, I don't see the, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not naturally empathetic. Okay. <laughs> you know, just for whatever he, Keanu, and I, I'm sure you've seen the internet stories and people like he just sees things from a very human. He has the ability to see things from other people's perspective and see the big picture quicker than most people. And he has a very human response to other people, which is entirely unique to me. I, I don't have any other uh, close friends that have that same kind of natural humanistic empathy that he has. And I just think when he develops a character, it's just natural. He doesn't think about that shit. It just makes sense to him. Yeah. Like, that's how he addresses it. And I don't think most people get that, like, these subtleties in that respect. I want to give your empathy a bit of credit. I'm going to cut this part out because it's towards the end of the film. So this is just you and I. His headstone saying, loving husband, was the most that this franchise has tugged in my heart since that dog died. So, you know, you're able to certainly, even in this franchise of increasing insanity and technical wonderment, Still got that core of like this is a heartbroken man yeah. again that's a lot of i mean look I, i'm the director i get to take credit for everybody so that's <laughs> awesome but that's that's keanu is insistent about always having the ring and always keeping helling and his wife and always keeping what it's really about which is grief and, and love and yeah. he's been adamant of drilling that in so when we're talking about what's the final shot of this movie you know and we went through a couple of things but it's keanu going loving husband loving wife that's it. Have you seen Logan? No, of course. Yeah. It reminds me the end of Logan where yeah. it's just, they turn the gravestone right. from a, from a wooden T to an X yeah. and it just fades to black and it hits you, man. Um, it, I, I'm curious. James Mangold. Oh, the best. I'm a, I'm a big James Mangold fan. Yeah. Uh, who's not. And I think one of the, the best parts of this movie is the tracker who is following him around and, and keeping him alive to get a higher bounty out of him. And he has this dog with him and there's a moment where he's fighting the tracker and the, one of the guys from the high table is fighting the dog. And he has a moment where he has to think, do I save the dog? Right. 
and he's he just can't let the dog die yeah. so it's emotional like, and cheeky at the same time i was like this is so good like yeah. it didn't even cross my mind that that was even gonna happen like at any point i was like i just hope that dog doesn't die the dog gets hit by a fucking car by the way and it's totally okay i know uh, <laughs> I, I was i immediately turned to eric i was like i hate when dogs get hurt in movies i don't care what the context is yeah. or anything and it whimpers and it's so sad. Uh, but yeah, John Wick killing that guy to save the dog. I was like making an perfect. ally in the process. It's it's so simple, yeah. uh, but it's so it it means so much to people who have invested so much into this series. Um, I hope Halle Berry comes back. Like, why why right. shouldn't she be in the ballerina too? Like, I, I, I don't understand. I she was great. Like, she got screwed with Jinx in uh, James Bond back in the early two thousands. Yeah. We 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 need more Halle Berry kicking ass. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets her own spinoff because they want a reason to bring Keanu Reeves back so they can just be like, oh, they had another adventure or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, because doesn't doesn't the ballerina without any day armies, doesn't that take place during between three and years? four? So, yeah, yeah, it's perfect. So that they'll find ways. Um, I think the last thing, last two things I'll talk about is like that staircase fight. Oh my! Oh, how did I forget about the staircase? One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Not only is it amazing, but you know there there is obviously everyone's experienced it. But in comedy, there is the joke structure where you commit to a punchline and Mm -hmm. you grind it into the ground, so it goes from funny to not funny, and then back to hilarious again Mm -hmm. because of how committed to the bit you are. And watching him fall down those stairs. It's amazing. For what feels like, I don't know, maybe 90 full uninterrupted seconds. <laughs> it's just such an amazing commitment to the bit. And and I forget that, because I haven't seen it for a couple of weeks, I forget that this is easily, by far, the funniest John Wick by, by league. Definitely. And it adds so much to the movie. God, he's just, he's just tumbling and tumbling. And just when you think he's going to have to reach the end, he tumbles some more. It's like... The the it's it's a great setup because they 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 have the little broadcaster telling yeah. like people where he's going to be. They're like, all right, he's got to climb two hundred twenty two stairs, and uh, <laughs> it's this time, and he has ten minutes, and he gets there, and you see all these guys on the stairs, and it doesn't really hit you until like five minutes into the scene, like yeah. how many stairs two hundred twenty two stairs actually is, and you're like, oh yeah, this is crazy, and you just see guys sliding down this hill and just falling and uh they yeah earn gets... the joke oh yeah absolutely and you're like this is awesome and then he gets to the top and they just push him over and then it's it's great seeing him <laughs> tumble and then he's hitting other guys on the way down oh. there's a couple bodies that he just like hits and it's just like he just lays there and he's like checking the watch he's like maybe i should just give up like <laughs> this man needs to catch a break and then Donnie Yen shows up and gives him that break right and awesome. they fight together up the stairs and I think there's a moment where John Wick runs out of ammo. And so he starts dismantling his own gun and using the gun pieces to fight. It's just like, that was cool. how the fuck are we this deep into this franchise, this deep into this movie? And they're still finding crazy ways, big or small, to just make you feel engaged. And I, it's just, it's an achievement. It, it really truly, is. Truly. So with that said, uh, would you be down if they made John Wick 5? Do you want John Wick 5? Yeah, I'd absolutely be down if they made John Wick 5. I think I'm I'm aligned with what I said. I wouldn't mind if they took a couple years off, see how these spin-offs fare and really let uh, you know, some time pass for that excitement to really uh reinvigorate itself because it it's going to be really hard to top this. 
And I think it's time for the franchise to go in a few different directions for a little bit. And also, I, I'm curious just how much longer Keanu can do this. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. he's 58. I understand Tom Cruise is still going in the 60s, but that's that's the exception to the rule. That is I think not... he's also doing a different kind of action, Tom Cruise, at this yeah. point. I, I think John Wick action is so much of an endurance test at this point. I mean, there's some very long takes in this movie. Yeah. I wouldn't call them like oneers or whatever, but like Keanu Reeves is really, you know, he's got some stamina. Yeah. Let's, let's put it this way too. Lionsgate definitely wants. John <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Did you read the, the Hollywood reporter thing that came out like yesterday? Like it was like a bunch of quotes from executives yeah, or whatever. I they, they, you can feel the desperation in their voices of like, they're like, well, you know, uh, we could go, we could go back. We could show a younger, you know, John Wick. I mean, uh, Keanu Reeves doesn't age. Like, <laughs> and and I'm just saying, Lionsgate has has really unofficially, officially been for sale for years. So if Netflix wants to scoop up Lionsgate, they'll get themselves the John Wick franchise, the Hunger Games, some some Twilight action. Just saying, just throwing it out there. And we know Netflix would not let off the gas on John Wick IPification. Like yeah. we, there'd be so fucking much. Although the Continental is set up at Peacock, but hey, that's so I don't understand yeah. that. But uh, I know that Lionsgate said uh, within the last few months they want a John Wick game, like a real true Ooh, John Wick game. And I think that's like really cool. I mean, obviously Keanu Reeves has done video games, so like that's a way of doing. Like if you want to tell a prequel John Wick story, you know you can still get Keanu Reeves doing yeah. the performance and he will not have to look, you know, 60. Um, he can. Do you think there's enough there? Having seen the movies, you're familiar with the franchise. Do you think there's enough there to make a kick-ass game? Absolutely. I mean, like we, we know the breadth of the action, that language is there, the gun foo as they call it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are games already very similar to John Wick that came before and after uh, like Max Payne three is a huge one. That's like, if you want to play John Wick, go play Max Payne three. You right. will, you will feel like John Wick. Um, so the gameplay possibilities are very much achievable. And then we know that John Wick has a history in this world and has done a lot. He has spoken about very highly, but you know, it, I don't know if you really want to see that in a movie, but for a game, it's like you can play those moments. You want to see the scene where he kills those guys with the pencil? Here you go. You want to <laughs> see the impossible job that he did for that Russian family in the first movie that they talk about to let him out of the, the gig? We can do that as a game. That would like, be cool. There's a lot of possibilities. So um, I'm down for that. As for John Wick 5, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm very uh, big into ending things on a high note. And... Um, I like when when franchises kill a character like James Bond, like yeah. Logan, whatever, and have a definitive conclusion and really wrap it up in a really beautiful bow. Yeah, and narratively, it's most satisfying. Exactly. And I think if you do it right one time, and this is the risk that they run with Wolverine as well, and then they come back, it's really hard to do it again. Very good Because point. not only do you have to uh, do it justice on its own merits, but you kind of have to like do it differently than you did before you can't have him have the same catharsis as he did in this movie i think that's a really good point but i will say i think the john wick franchise is is slightly exempt from that not completely because you still want a good character but because this is a a franchise that is very much action oriented and not necessarily steeped in deep deep script 
uh, uh, thematic. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's not a yeah, criticism. Absolutely. Like, I, I think we saw from James Mangold's two Wolverine movies that that very much wanted to peel back the layers of Logan, the character. And yes, there was obviously a ton of action, particularly in the Wolverine to make it a commercial blockbuster, but it's really about uh, grief and, and, and pain and mortality. And I think while John Wick's catalyst is certainly grief, the the character execution doesn't need to be quite as high bar. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to shout out? Uh, Bill Skarsgård's pretty good. Yeah, I, I just think Chad Stileski at this point really should uh, take a crack at, at something else. I think Ghosts of Tsushima. Ch- Ch- I'm sorry. I'm Tsushima. Just, thank you. I think that would be a really, really cool uh you know, a uh, project for him. He's obviously attached to Highlander, which is probably never going to happen. He's a, he's attached to a million things. Yeah. I'm interested to see how he can continue to expand and grow outside the John Wick franchise. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a major, major, major franchise in the near future. Yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima has a lot of potential, obviously big PlayStation game. And uh, he, I think this was a great lesson for him in, in samurai stuff, uh, this particular movie and showing Oh, he's very capable of pulling that off. Um, Just both from a choreography society, standpoint, we should have more samurai stuff. I agree, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you have Western samurai yeah. stuff crossing that bridge. Oh my god, very fucking cool. amazing! Um, so yeah, I want to see his Ghost of Tsushima movie very badly. It sounds like they're researching a lot of interesting things, so it sounds like that could be his next thing. Get I, it going, Amazon. It yeah, uh, I think Amazon's doing the. The Rainbow Six movie and Ghost of Tsushima was probably just through Sony. Yeah, because oh, it's yeah. a PlayStation thing. So that I don't know. That makes more sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that that about does it. I don't know Eric's little wrap up here, but I'll, I'll do my best <laughs> off, off the cuff here. Um, you can uh, rate us on iTunes or whatever. You got it. No, you got it. Kate's killing it. Keep going. You rate us on Spotify and stuff. It's all good. We like that. It makes us feel good. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kate underscore Onder uh, and writing about video games at conflict.com. You are at great, great underscore, underscore Caspi. Caspi. There we awesome. go. Look at that. And- I, I, why am I saying anything? <laughs> you don't need anything. Kate is killing this. Uh, the podcast on Twitter is postcredpod. And Eric, even though he's not here, is at Eric Italiano. I'm sure I think we'll be back next week. I'm not, I'm not necessarily positive. Um, we'll keep everybody posted. We'll, yeah, go follow us on all the <laughs> social media platforms. We'll let you know. Um, I will have something to talk about next time we're back. Big secret. Very um, exciting. It is very exciting. So uh, stay tuned. Um, and thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>